When it's good, it fights off foreign invaders, heals injuries, and mops up debris. When it's bad, inflammation ignites a long list of disorders, including arthritis, asthma, arterial sclerosis, blindness, cancer, and even diabetes, and quite possibly autism and mental illness. Inflammation is the body's response to microbial, autoimmune, metabolic, or physical insults. White blood cells, including granulocytes and macrophages, which I can see in live blood analysis, are our body's first responders to sites of infection and injury. When these weapons misfire, however, they can wreak havoc. They can even kill. This is what we're talking about today as we get all sciency about inflammation. Hope you join us. Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy, and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more. We laugh more. We appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Inflammation is part of the body's defense mechanism and plays a role in the healing process. When the body detects an intruder, doesn't matter what kind, something that is not natural, it actually launches a biological response to try to remove it. So basically what you're looking at is the body is trying to protect itself. It doesn't recognize what's going on with the invader, whatever that invader might be. It could be a foreign body, such as a thorn or an irritant or a pathogen. And pathogens include bacteria and viruses and other organisms that can cause infections. Sometimes the body mistakenly perceives its own cells or tissues as being harmful as a result too. And this reaction can lead to an autoimmune um, disorder such as type 1 diabetes. Some people, the experts basically, believe that inflammation can contribute to a wide range of chronic diseases as well too. So examples of those can be metabolic syndrome that include type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. People with these conditions often have higher levels of inflammatory markers in their body. And it just goes without saying. But understanding that there's two different kinds of inflammation. There is acute inflammation, which is a result uh, and can happen from some sort of injury or illness. And it is definitely a short-term situation, anywhere from like two weeks to six weeks. And when we have acute inflammation, we are looking at five key signs in our bodies. So there's going to be pain, and pain is not a bad thing. Pain is something that you want to have, 
um, because it is an indicator. It's a symptom. It is something that it is telling you something's wrong. You're going to have redness at that area because there's an increase of blood flow to the capillaries of that area. And with that increase of blood flow becomes the good guys, the white blood cells that are there to save the day. <laughs> there's a little bit of a loss of function. So it may be difficult to move a joint. It might be a little bit difficult to breathe, a sense of smell, you know, different things like that. Loss of function is not always part of that um, key sign, though. Swelling is definitely one of those. It could be even just a low-grade swelling, or it could be quite a bit of swelling. But swelling, again, is that condition that we call edema, and it uh, develops when fluid builds up in the tissues. And again, these are the white blood cells coming to the rescue to bring um, healing, protection around the area as well too and um you know helping to block off that area to you know save it from getting any kind of worse um injury and then the last one is heat so increased blood flow may leave the um the area warm to touch and this is when uh healthcare workers really they do kind of an assessment and they would look at an injury and you feel if it's warm or um, there's swelling or redness or pain in that area to to see what kind of inflammatory situation or what kind of injury is going on so like i said these signs may not always be present but sometimes inflammation can be very silent uh, without symptoms uh, a person may feel tired generally unwell or even have a bit of a fever again fever is not our bad guy um, fever is an indicator that there is something going on under the surface that we have to pay attention to. You don't always want to um, put the fire of a fever out. You'd like to keep it down uh, lower, but that fire is there for a reason. And that reason, typically from the body's perspective, is that it wants to... Um, basically kill whatever, kill, kill the invader, kill um, the bug or whatever it feels that it needs to in the body. And it does that by raising the body temperature, which sometimes is really, really good because it allows for that, that, um, that invader to die off because it can't handle the extra heat that's going on. So symptoms of an acute inflammation um, lasts anywhere from a few days to a few weeks and it should be gone at that point. But just getting back to the fever situation, um, I'm not talking about children here. I am talking about adults, uh, that have a healthy immune system. And if you do have a fever that goes, um, you know, over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, for a very long period of time, then you definitely want to get in to see your healthcare provider at that point. When it comes to children, um, trying everything that you can before you're giving them Tylenol, uh, but not allowing their fevers to go on for more than 12 hours uh, at very, very high, high temperatures, and getting them in to see a doctor's uh, and healthcare providers as soon as possible, um, you know, 
and and using your own judgment as your as the parent of that child um not necessarily just listening to me or or you know your aunt or your uncle or even two or three different doctors but for the most part you just you don't want children to have high fevers for a very long period of time because it can ha cause a lot of damage to the body at that point so use your best judgment and seek out um your healthcare provider at that point. Chronic inflammation, on the other hand, can contribute to months and years of damage to the body. Um, it either has or may have links to various diseases as well too. Uh, many experts have really concluded that inflammation well, maybe they haven't really concluded. It's it's one of those scenarios of um, what came first, the chicken or the egg. But more times than not, it is the inflammation that is the underlying issue with regards to issue um, chronic diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, and other joint diseases, allergies chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis. Symptoms are going to depend upon the disease and the person, obviously, and the levels of inflammation in the bodies. Um, they can definitely include pain and fatigue. Um, obviously, with the lung issues, you're going to have some uh, breathing issues. Psoriasis, you're going to have... Um, you know, skin issues. And again, it is really going to depend upon the person and the severity of their inflammation in the body. When inflammation is present in the body, there will be higher levels of substances known as biomarkers. Um, an example of one biomarker is C-reactive protein, so the CRP. And if a doctor wants to test it for that inflammation, um, you can really, you know, you can get that test done too as well too. Um, I'm not a big fan of getting tests like this done because then they can turn around and say, uh, well, you're going to have cancer or you're going to be obese, especially with older people. You know, telling somebody that they're going to have cancer is like telling somebody that, you know, they're going to have, I don't know. Um, it, it, most people have a tendency towards are predisposed to a genetic predisposition to cancer. And in this day and age, I believe it's, it's almost up to one in two people that are actually going to have that expression of that gene. It is, it is the society that we live in. It is the, the crazy food, processed food, high sugar, high stress lifestyle that we lead that is really expressing that situation. So, you know, being told that sometimes it almost gives people an unconscious permission to allow that to happen. But, it, you know, but understanding that there is an option and that there is ways to not have that expression is basically what this whole thing is that I'm trying to talk to you guys about. 
um, diet and exercise lifestyle. That this is that this is that ninety five percent that I'm talking about when I say ninety five percent of all the of lifestyle diseases are preventable. This is the prevention part of it. Is is part is the inflammation that we're talking about. Now, when it comes to acute inflammation. I'm not really talking about that so much. We all kind of know that we want to, you know, try to keep ourselves away from injury and infection, you know, different things like this. But when it comes to chronic inflammation, we want to try to keep that down as much as possible yeah. too. And, um, you know, there's going to be other predisposing factors as well too. So people that are have a high sensitivity uh, inflammation can happen in the body, you know, that should not be there. So hypersensitivity to an external trigger can result in an allergy reaction, perhaps. And this causes inflammation. So again, knowing what's going on with your body, understanding that process and trying to stay away from that trigger as much as possible. Exposure to long-term or low levels um, of an irritant over a long period of time, such as a chemical in, the, in an industrial chemical, um, smoking, um, you know, eating the same foods, processed foods for a long period of time, drinking. These are all low-level, long-term kind of exposures that are extremely toxic to the body and can irritate the body and cause that chronic inflammation. Autoimmune disorders, um, again, you know, this is the, the immune system mistakenly attacking normal healthy tissue as, as such as psoriasis, um, but it always goes into, you know, can morph into other things as well too. So that's another underlying issue that you wanna just keep aware of and understand what your body is going through and, and, in listening to the cues and, and the symptoms that are going on and working accordingly. So um, auto-inflammatory diseases, which is a genetic factor, can really play a part, obviously, too, and persistent acute inflammation. So in some cases, people um, not really from uh, fully recover from acute inflammations can uh, sometimes lead to chronic inflammation as well. So Factors that may increase the fat, uh, risk of chronic inflammation, um, being older, being obese. So the people, these people that are, are not recovering from acute inflammation. They are hanging on because of other underlying issues. Unfortunately, getting older is one of those issues. And I know that's not something we can really prevent, but it's, it's that um, immune system response as well, too. Obesity, this is something that we can control. We have choices with regards to that. Um, a diet that's rich in unhealthy fats and added sugar. So even if you're not obese, but you are perhaps um, having a diet consistently of unhealthy fats and added sugar. Smoking is one of the big ones. I'm not going to get into that so much because you guys know. Um, low sex hormones, so getting into menopausal situations or um, an imbalance in our hormones as a result of xenoestrogens in the, in the body or um, uh, some sort of issue with the hormone-producing organs. Stress is one of those big, big ones that I talk about all the time with regards to factors that 
you know, causing inflammation in the body. And this is something that's very workable. You can, you know, do things to shift and bring down your stress levels without spending a ton of money, without spending um, a ton of time. And, you know, sleep problems as well, too. It can be because it throws off our circadian rhythm, which throws off our hormones, which causes adrenal fatigue. And, you know, it messes with our melatonin and our cortisol and our all, all our other hormones. And, and these are just different things that can definitely um, be addressed uh, holistically and, um, you know, with really, really incredible results. Um, long-term diseases that doctors associate with inflammation, um, uh, um, asthma, chronic peptic ulcers, tuberculosis, rheumatoid arthritis, um, periodontis, uh, periodontitis, um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. So that's a gut issues as well too. Sinusitis and hepatitis, um, active hepatitis. But inflammation plays a vital role in healing as well, too. So don't get me wrong. It's kind of like a two, ed, two sides of, a, of a one coin. You don't want to have chronic inflammation um, because it can increase the risk of various diseases such as cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, arteriosclerosis. Um, but you want to have inflammation there to help relieve um, acute situations. Um, so basically that's kind of where I wanted to leave it. I am going to be talking about anti-inflammatory diet and foods, um, in a later podcast. So I encourage you to, you know, hang out with me and check those out. And if you have any questions, please, you know, you can connect with me. Um, through our Facebook group, or you can e e um, email me or talk to me on Facebook, wherever you want. I'm all over the place. Uh, if you have any kind of questions with regards to inflammation, because I'm here to help. And I, I really think that this is kind of the way that we need to really be um, focusing on our health is very much a um, very much um, personal uh, perspective, taking responsibility for your own health, but with the understanding that it's not just one form of healthcare out there. Uh, there's many, and when you yourself take charge of your own health and you make your own healthcare team that includes a nutritionist and your doctor and your chiropractor and your your homeopath and your um, naturopath and your um, your yoga teacher and all these different people that are going to be really helpful on your journey and you you use them, you use them to the best of your ability and the best of their ability to get you to where you need to be. Um, and you follow your own gut, you listen to what you feels right for you. And you go in that direction, because that's where you need to be. 
So have a great day. We'll talk soon. The world is opening back up. And I'm concerned about you, my friend. Are you ready? Is your body ready? Things have shifted. There's no denying that. The world has shifted. And the opportunities to keep you healthy are more important than ever right now. Are you doing everything possible for your body? Are you doing everything possible to stay healthy for your friends and family? This is why I have set up a free call for you to connect with me and just chat and see where you're at, where you're going, and how we can make it better together. So follow the link in the show notes and set up an appointment so we can talk one-on-one about real stuff, about your health, and how your future looks. It concerns me, and I want you to have the best opportunity that you can going forward. I look forward to talking to you. I just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a new program that's available now, but it's pretty much available all the time. Diet, obesity, and metabolic syndrome are very much linked to various cancers. We kind of know this and may account for as much as 30 to 35% of cancer deaths, indicating that a reasonably good fraction of cancer deaths can be prevented simply by modifying our diet. And the fact that chronic inflammation is closely linked to the exasperation of tumor-producing pathways, well, that's just fancy talk for it makes a big difference to be able to reduce our inflammation in our body. Extensive research actually has revealed that diet consisting of fruits, vegetables, spices, and grains has the potential to prevent cancer. I think most of us kind of know that these days, but where do we start? How do we go from the standard American diet, that sad diet, to the one that will keep us away from the doctor's office? In my experience, it starts with a seasonal cleanse. But look, we're not trying to be perfect here. And we all know that pizza tastes great, barbecue and beer happens, and you know, it's hard. It's really hard to shift and make those big, big changes overnight. But I have an easy compromise for you. It's one that really just goes between what we should be eating and what we are eating. I mean, because it's hard to give up the good things in life and keep your body clean at the same time. They make it really, really hard. But we do want to fight disease. We want to fight against the process of those genes that are expressing in our bodies. We want to not have to be given the diagnosis. 
and I've got an easy way for you to go through that. It's just a seasonal cleanse. I mean, on a quarterly basis, once a season, we go for about 14 days, two weeks of cleaning up your body, getting your liver back to square one, balancing and enabling the body to take on a much, bre- a much needed breather. Um, a, a breather from the chemicals and the food additives and the colorings and the pesticides, the unhealthy fats, the sugars, the genetically modified foods, the toxins. I could stay here all day talking to you about this, but we just want to get that sludge out of the body. We just want to clean things up and all it takes is 14 days. By allowing the body to clean up and restore itself, it actually increases your chances of having clearer skin, less GI stress, better sleeps, less moodiness, and even losing a couple of pounds. Not to mention the fact that it boosts your immune system and improves your chances of not having to get that diagnosis. When we give a body the chance to really come to a place where it's doing the job that it needs to do, basically keeping you healthy, it can do that work. And by allowing our bodies to clean up for 14 days, it gives that chance to us. It really increases our chances of not getting a diagnosis. And I want that for you. I want that for everybody. A seasonal cleanse is a really good place to start. I mean, like I said, it's hard to give up, you know, going to birthday parties and not having a piece of cake and going out and not having a nice glass of wine or whatever. And these things sometimes can be very detrimental if we don't give our bodies a chance to clean up once in a while because those toxins build up and build up and build up and they they hoard like a hoarder's house. It just builds upon itself and, and it gets very, very hard for the body to do the work that it needs to do. But by incorporating a cleanse on a seasonal basis, it can really, really make a big difference. And that's why I offer that to everybody on a on a you know on a regular basis and the summer cleanse is going on now and I want you to be able to take the opportunity to take a look at it and incorporate it into your health journey so I've left a link in the show notes for you to begin your cleanse today and if you have any questions just reach out <music>